Hello and welcome to You Set the Tone, the podcast that takes an x-ray to the medical drama show ER. We examine the show with surgical precision and celebrate the high pressure and beating hearts of the show. My name is Sharon. My name is Ed. And I'm Sean. And today we are discussing season two, episode four, What Life? What What Life? Life. I love as well just jumping in straight away because I'm laughing at you Ed right literally (laughs) laughing at your face no and the reason is because when we were um, uh, that's okay I'll take that now when we were discussing originally like what are we going to do with this podcast how are we going to break it up how are we going to structure it and we kind of said listen there's no we won't do every episode because I'll end up doing and we're on episode episode four of season two because as as Ed, and I'm blaming you for this, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> they're also good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this, like, this run up to the major episode of season two, which we've talked about since the inception of this podcast, is they're all so solid. Yeah. And yeah, it's we just have to keep going because it's great. We probably won't after that episode. I don't know. We don't know. We'll see how we feel. We'll see how we the thing I guess is we keep it loose. We make no promises. Yeah. Loosey goosey, exactly. Loosey goosey. Yeah. Oh, Lucy. So, oh. or is it Goosey Lucy? I think it's a bleedy Lucy. So it's, it's but anyway, right. I'm doing a community Ooh. callback for Sharon. Sorry. Um, <laughs> how dare you! Right, I'm pulling the reins on you both. Um, so oh. this episode opens uh, on Green in bed, and again, it's 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 playing with that trope because yeah. where is he? We're not sure. Is he at the hospital? Hang on, it pulls out a bit. No, he's he's in a house. Is it his house? Where is he? And then we hear. You know, it's your, hey, Mark, Mark, wake up, it's your wife. And he's obviously like, what? And he wakes up and... here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he's, you know, it's actually, it's older, isn't it? She's still yeah, yeah. there. He's obviously still at Doug's apartment. Um, and he, his wife is on the phone, Jen's on the phone. And so he goes to answer it. And all the time he's on this phone call, Holder's in the background, just like, how's my leg? And just displaying her legs in just the most <laughs> craziest you know how's my ankle healing yeah, yeah. just the gymnastics she does behind him <laughs> oh, i know and he's sitting there like yeah he's like you know your ankle looks absolutely healed that's fine invoice for a hundred dollars uh you have just received a medical idea yep yeah. uh, yes yes yeah. as well because this is exactly what jen said was going to happen mm. is that he would stay yeah. with doug and there would be scantily clad women all around now we i don't think we see holder you know making passes or anything at mark so that side of the fear is not there but and also mark is the most virtuous man in the world yeah um, but you're just thinking like you know wow jen really can see the future yeah um and what I, what i was like oh no is that so he goes to the phone and rachel is there yeah. um this time being played in voiceover by Joaquin Phoenix. and yeah. um, He oh, went full method as well, lived as a six-year-old girl for a whole year, I heard. Yeah, it's... It, um, it's dedication, man, dedication. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the man knows what he's at. Well, in fairness, during the time he preferred to be referred to as the girl knows what she's at. Um, <laughs> but then Mark just goes, did mommy sound mad? And I'm just like, oh, oh no. Mark, what could you possibly have done? Like... And this is where I think, because remember season one, there was this residual, ah, Jen, such a pain in the... And yeah. I started to remember that because I I have this feeling that we're coming up to more either unreasonable or just like, will you leave him alone? 
Yeah, I wondered if it was that he hadn't been, you know, he'd been, he'd said a couple of nights a week, or whatever, at, at Doug's. Oh, I, I just wondered if he'd been stretching that a bit more just because of for right. ease. And she is a bit, that's starting to kind of the tension, trouble brewing there. Mm. But um, yeah, so much in that first little phone call. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we it's kind good, of, it's a good start. Yeah. No, carry on. Yeah, did. That's it. Um, I was just going to say, then we cut to Susan, who is running around like a headless chicken, uh, trying to get everything sorted and get little Susie sorted. And we get that glimpse into how her life has obviously changed now that Mm. Chloe's Mm. run away. Delighted Chloe's gone, but obviously it does make Susan... Susan's already difficult life. It does make it harder. But, like, on the one hand... Yet Chloe's this massively destructive force anywhere she goes. Um, mm-hmm. Just because she had this wonderful, wonderful thing, which is baby Susie, doesn't mean yeah. she's not a destructive force. So Absolutely. glad she's gone. Sorry, Kathleen Willhold. But no, glad uh, Chloe is gone. But yeah, it's just where maybe there was the pretense of Susan having some free time before this. Now yeah. the truth of, I really yeah. am this baby's mother. Yeah. is kicking in here yeah absolutely Definitely. and then and we see that we see how that then throughout this episode plays on her life and and she's one of the people that what life it comes to you know what life yeah. is she living what life is she able to give to little Susie um and it, it's just it, I think it's a very interesting thing to look at because I think from the beginning she's always been you know the mom of Chloe and then had to mother little Susie and now this is actually that realised fully because this is somebody again who's just completely dependent on her and she just has to give everything up as she always does although she's trying hard not to she's trying very hard to kind of find some equilibrium in all of this yeah yeah I don't envy her at all <clears throat> especially dealing with Weaver at work and oh, the added yeah. stress of you know caring for a, a newborn it's Hard work. I wondered a little bit about the, her dealing with Weaver because her, we, we've seen in the previous episode, you know, her and Weaver have had dealings. And I just thought, if you're a sleep deprived, if you're somebody who's sleep deprived, and we see Susan yawn a few times in this, um, and Hele even says, you know, are we keeping <laughs> you up? And she's like, no, Susie was up six times or whatever. I just wonder if that feeds in as well to your kind of sensitivity at work. Oh, and, of course. You know, if, no mm. sleep, you know. Oh, it must. It absolutely <coughs> must, yeah. Um, just while poor Ed dies there of uh, a coughing fit. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, Ed, are you okay? Probably fine. Grand. Cool. Have you got a temperature? How long has this cough persisted? Don't can you smell that. things? <laughs> I can smell Sean. Uh, well, look, cool. in fairness, that just means that the old, uh, the old sense of smell is working just fine. Uh, I think it's been... Oh, I don't know. How many is it? Four 12-hour shifts since my last shower. So uh, that would that would track now at this point. Um, oh, she's like... I, I don't know how... Like, I, I don't know how she hasn't broken more than, you know, snapping at Weaver. Um, now, we, we kind of find out as the episode is going on that there are people who are aware of her situation, but for whatever reason, her closest friend uh, or who we assume to be her closest friend um, has no idea about any of this and I think that ties back in with the whole Weaver situation that 
she is kind of beginning to see Weaver and Green as one, even though she gets on with Green and doesn't get yeah. on with Weaver. But I also think with Susan, she reminds me a lot of kind of myself in some ways because she's very much like, I think she's with Green not really backing her against Weaver she then kind of takes it a bit out on him and she can't kind of separate work and professionalism mm. and friendship and it can be really tough when you're re mm. you know when you're close with somebody for them to not back you and and as much as work is supposed to be separate and all this you know that is also a big part of your life and as we say a lot of the times these are they're each other's family at this time because yeah. uh, there's a scene where she, she looks like she's about to tell green about you know about Chloe but then Weaver kind of comes up and says oh can I yeah. deal with this case and that's when she kind of steps back because I think she thinks it kind of it's a way of like reminding her that yeah, oh hang yeah. on a minute um and actually what's interesting in this episode is she's she confides more in Doug you see her and Doug have mm. a lot of scenes together and I actually quite like their little friendship I think they're really funny together and yeah. um, I, I agree because yeah. it's kind of with Doug with the only people who are for want of a better word safe from Doug are kind of Mark and Su with the people he would have any real interaction with I mean are yeah. Mark and Susan yeah. you know if Mark can live in Doug's apartment and they not end up in bed together then okay they're pretty safe with each other oh by the and no one is off the off the cards here like not with Doug Doug is a pure <laughs> just machine um, can I just say I really would love to read that fan fiction of the Green and Doug's love affair but carry on <laughs> there's another fanfic that comes up in this episode that made me think we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute I think you know yeah, which yeah. Bit, but, yeah. Um, and like it is it, it's it's nice because sorry that was my point is that he's taught Doug and Susan are talking and they're talking as friends and I think more than we've ever seen them speak as friends before and yeah, that's nice because two right. characters who we know pretty well at this point. Obviously, he doesn't have that relationship with Carol. Uh, no. Obviously, he doesn't have that relationship with Weaver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. So then we kind of we cut to Benton, who is furious just for a change. Um, he's his car's broken down. Walt isn't there to help fix it. He's going to be late for his gastroplasty. Jackie is being her brilliant self of oh, just like fantastic. I literally you know. have Jackie V Benton. Jackie is great. Is how I've described yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. She's just housing none of his crap. Absolutely, mm. as, she, as she shouldn't, you know, because yeah. he's kind of brought it all on himself. Not only with the car, which she points out, you know, yeah. Walt did try to tell you about the car, and then later she says Walt did try to warn you, and he says yeah. about what, and you're waiting for her to mention yeah. the car, and she says about getting yeah. involved with a yeah. married woman, and you're like, oh, mic drop, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> she just sasses him ex expertly. That's my note. It's just she is still the only person who can reduce him to a child. Absolutely, you know, yeah. He can be grumpy and stand up to other people and be all professional, but she can rip him and rip him to shreds, basically. There's no because there's no it. comeback. You cannot come back to that yeah, with anything. Like, you exactly. know, it's like should I? I was I was laughing. I have my notes here. It's like because sometimes it feels like you kind of get Jackie or Walt. So I wrote down uh, clearly couldn't afford Ving Rhames this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Stick no, with Candy Alexander. Yeah, exactly. Oh, she was. Oh, she was, I was because then I kind of I kind of forgot them for a minute. It's like, why are they in a garage? Oh, sure, isn't Walt a mechanic? Like, that's, oh, hang on. <laughs> and then she confused me going, you were supposed to give me a ride to work. I'm like, hold up. Where are these? <laughs> what? Yeah, just when she just like, 
by the way. And you're right, because he's just being such a Benton. He's being such a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the problem is that when he is, when he does act like that, it's hard to feel sympathy for Benton a lot yeah. of the time because he just is so unreasonable. He's just storming yeah. around. You know, he'd be slamming the kitchen cabinets if he was in, yeah. and it's everybody else's fault. And when she says, you shouldn't have got involved with a married woman, it's the only time where it's like, Benton, no one lied to you. Yeah. You know, there was no misleading. And she did say from the beginning, I'm married. You know, she never, yeah, ever, she ever did. said, I might leave him for you. Yeah. Exactly. And I think as well, it also helps to really cut him down and be like, you're not angry about the car. You're angry because that broke down. It's not about this situation yeah. here. Um, which, you know, is, and I always love a Jackie interaction with Benton, as you say, you know, they're always fun. Yeah. Um, he always leaves with some kind of wound, which is always <laughs> good to see, isn't it? Um, and then we, we're back in the ER, we're in the ER, and, and Weaver is having a conversation with Harper about her, you know, the dress code. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be professional. People expect you to be professional. It transpires that she's talking about Harper having more than one piercing in her ear, which... <laughs> What conservative, you know, belt yeah. has has Weaver come from? Because I don't know about you, I wouldn't care about that. No, no. not not for ear. Fair enough, maybe if she had, uh, because she's a doctor now. Uh, if she had yeah. eyebrows or nose or things like that, there are things like I worked in a restaurant. You can't have those kind of piercings. Well, I think you can get away with a stud yeah. in your eyebrow or something, but you can't get really get away with those kind yeah. of piercings. Okay, fair yeah. enough. But your ears not so much you know what I mean yeah yeah and what I love is Carper makes this joke about well I'll, you know I'll, I won't tell you about the one in my navel and Carter's face as he walks past just like oh, what oh collapses. my god forbid yeah. Yeah. yeah do you think he, he did he... she did that on purpose as a bit of flirtation I hope Cause, so because uh, <laughs> anytime she does anything he basically just falls over himself he, he does, is head he over does. heels in love, if not lust, yeah. with that with uh, Harper. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in fairness yeah. to Weaver, actually, even though she is being, you know, kind of, oh, come on, but when she says the crack about what about the one in my navel, and Weaver just kind of grins and goes, "Any of your piercings anywhere, really?" <laughs> you know, kind of like, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. I do. Uh, That's one I mean, thing I... about her, isn't it? She she does she can give back when people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's got an extremely dry sense of humour, Weaver, and uh, when it does come out, it's like, oh, it's it's one of those, we were talking just before about those comedy moments where you can just make somebody jolt themselves out of their own BS, but yeah. yeah. I just noticed that the computer has still got uh, Weaver's voice. I know. Oh, I and, loved that and, uh, I just I wrote a note, <laughs> Weaver is the Borg queen, because she's assimilated the ER <laughs> into her collective of, I am the boss. I actually yes. think that that would be Weaver's idol would be uh, yeah. yeah um like we don't have to waste <laughs> time with efficient. writing down these notes or anything because we can just all share our own consciousness we're but, all one mind so it's fine but actually it's what because no so this is a funny thing so when you were watching this bit right and carter is there he's run ragged because he has three or four pa uh, patients that he hasn't been able to admit because benton hasn't signed off because as we know benton's running late um mm -hmm. so is Weaver's system positive or negative? You do have to have the attending sign off. That is a given. But it's yeah. been set up in such a way that it stops the system entirely if you don't yeah. get that. So is it, is it good or bad? 
it's it's funny actually because if you think about Carter, say at the beginning he probably does need people really signing everything off, but by the end of his year, surely he'll be able to do the more simpler cases. So mm. in that case, it's it will slow things down. Yeah. Um, but then I guess from a hospital kind of legal standpoint, you want to make sure all bases are covered, and you you know you somebody can't have a claim because the attending didn't see them. It was just a student or a resident or whatever, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I that, that that that's what I get. No, it's like I think the theory is solid, but the theory assumes you will never be short-staffed. The theory assumes there will always be like that a Benton or a Mark or or whomever yeah. around. And you know, as we have seen on many occasions, for whatever reason, you know, you have okay. Yes, Carter should really never be stuck on his own. There's whole bunch of legal issues there but how often times <laughs> is susan stuck on her own does she need yeah. a co-sign off uh, presumably mark wouldn't um but things like that sometimes you have to be a bit more flexible um yeah here i am yeah. dictating hospital policy that's <laughs> <laughs> what we're here for whole that point. is true adverse. yeah isn't that isn't that what this is about um yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah then we, we we see benton and he's in the car park just about to get his space somebody mm-hmm. else nips in there and he does that you know he's proper road rage here isn't he <laughs> he he confronts the guy he's chatting him this guy um you know is pulling out some samples or whatever from his boot and and to grab them and just throws them across the car park and we realize that they are like for amputees they're kind of um, yeah. parts for those and and then they just have a full-on brawl don't they <laughs> he assaults him with a prosthetic leg which is hilarious <laughs> wrong but hilarious it's just this whole bit is just it's like um Yosemite Sam, do you know, you know somebody like that in a cartoon just yeah. raging incoherently and yeah. picking it's fights bit... with random <laughs> parking spots. It's, oh, oh God, it's a bit absurd, isn't it? It feels a yeah, bit like... Yeah, exactly. Again, it does that thing where it kind of takes you out of it a bit and you're just like, this is yeah. crazy. But also, I bet this has happened, you know. You know, I bet people have used oh, it, other people's things. Absolutely. And... I mean, it is like, it's such a pure example of... Uh, Benton is having a bad day and this guy who is clearly a douchebag like yeah. uh, and obviously was driving against traffic as well to be able to get into yeah. that park place okay. these things that bug me but um, and you know <laughs> let it out ah, with your therapy one way systems <laughs> but um, like he's just and he's just so smug about it well I'm in this space now and I'm just like yeah. mate if you spend more than five seconds with Peter Venton, you would not be being this smug with him <laughs> when you can see Absolutely. he is clearly yeah. very stressed out. And But then, at the same time as well, Benton punches him and dislocates the tip of his finger. Oh. I know, it's just so pathetic. He can't, like, he can't even In do that. Ways. Like You know, like sometimes you, you would yeah. see, like, ah, oh, punch the wall and then blah, and, you know, you're kind of, it's out of your system or whatever. He also arguably should not punch a wall surgeon. But um, he punches <laughs> this guy, and he's only got there on time to do, is it ga- uh, gastroplasty? Gastroplasty. Which he hasn't yeah, done. he's never yet. done one. Oh, oh, Peter. Oh, This Peter. is, yeah. It's... Uh, yeah, it's not a great just, episode for Benton. It's not, and he kind of serves him right. Yes, really, what happens? I just wanted to talk about a moment which was very small, but I just 
I found it very strange when Susan brings little Susie in and she gives her to Randy and he's like, I just, I'm going to go settle some things or treat people. And Randy changes little Susie's clothes and I'm like, where did you get, did you bring those, do you have those yourself or were those ones that you took out of the bag? Like, I just found that I thought she just rearranged weird. the clothes because she put like, uh, Candy, uh, Randy plops her down mm. and then he's like, oh, I like these clothes. Who are they by? As if to like, <laughs> nice. they won't fit you, can, uh, Randy. But, <laughs> She'll um, try. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, they do sell these. Arguably, yeah. the clothes that are put on baby Susie and the clothes that Randy are wearing are within an inch or two of each other in terms of the size. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, this is. She might have got them from another. Yeah, I kind of, I, I assumed actually, it's that's a fair question, Sharon. I, I assumed that there was like maybe a lost and found or something, but like oh behind gosh. the behind the grim. desk, a bit grim. You're right. Yeah, um, as in, I'm sorry, we lost the baby. But we found some nice clothes to put on baby Susie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. That was darker than I intended. But, um, <laughs> but this is the first example because Randy actually, she gets a good few lines in this episode. Consider this is her second episode. Yeah. Yeah. She gets a good few yeah. lines in this episode and she gets a good few singers. But the thing that really made me, I was watching on the TV and snorted laughing. Like, oh, it's a quiet morning. Yeah, something's going on. It's road accident or something in rush hour thumbing through a newspaper and the next thing sure what do you have with a multi-car pile up um <laughs> you know it's one of those kind of multi-trauma room yeah uh, i was like yeah oh, randy brilliant brilliant never like if, if randy says it's quiet morning worry worry yeah, yeah. get ready get ready and actually that's a, that's a brilliant moment because you know the, the people are coming in to be treated and and Susan comes and takes one patient and Doug runs because there's another ambulance comes up and he's like, right, yeah. I'm ready. And he runs up to this ambulance. We're expecting drama. Unfortunately, it's Shep and Carol and they've obviously had a date the night before mm. and they're arriving back. Mm. And Doug's face is priceless, yeah, yeah. you know. And Lydia does that thing where she's like checking him to see because she knows <laughs> it's going to be quite a show. Um, uh, and then, you know, Shep goes off and Carol's walking in and she's saying to her, you know, oh, I guess last night went well. You know, Doug can hear all of that. And that's all just like embedding in that now she's, you know, starting this new thing with Shep. It really slows his role. He really does look uh, quite disappointed in the whole situation, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, I mean, later you see him, you know, really trying to belittle him by saying oh Shep what kind of name is that I had a dog called Shep and singing a song about yeah. it and the nurses have to take him off and he's really poking fun because that's you know again we know he's he loves Carol and and he can't stand to see her with anyone else oh, I know. I know. Oh, funny. but then he's not doing a lot about it is he? there's that too no he's not no he's not he's got stewardesses in his house and drug reps on his arm, you know, like... <laughs> I had a little moment, actually, when the the opening credits finished and just running through the guest stars, because now, obviously, I'm used to the names, you know? We nearly could, we yeah. see yeah. Lucy Alexis Lou, uh, yeah. you know, in the... It's like, oh, great, cool, I know that story happening. And then I see Andrea Parker. I'm just like, oh, haven't oh, seen her since cool. last season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she comes <laughs> back, doesn't she? And we, yeah. always, we always like welcoming people back like that. Um... I, yeah, she's good. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think if we look at Susie, uh, Susan, sorry, here, just she's in the middle of a, looking after a patient in the middle of a trauma, working her way, and Weaver just silently kind of comes in and just takes over. Like, how did you guys? 
feel about that? I, Ed, you go. Yeah, not great. I think she's still perhaps not purposefully undermining her, but she's always undermining her, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. that's what I got. Like, um, there's other ways of handling that. She could have walked in and assisted. Yeah, sure. And then yes. you could still yeah. be like, you know, you're kind of keeping an eye, but you're standing back keeping an eye. Whereas she does, she mm. doesn't. She says something like, um, basically, she's there. It's a. I don't know exactly the details of the case, but let's say she's doing like something that involves a scalpel. All right, and she mm. goes, "Oh, Susan, I think you have uh, upset Tommy in Curtain Three. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly that, and and that is her cue to like leave, and she doesn't say anything else to her. It's just that, which is. I think quite humiliating for Susan in front of all the people in that trauma yeah. room and also just so knocking of confidence you know somebody just comes in and says you need to be elsewhere even though she was we'd seen her prior uh, sorry prior you know in that room actually dealing with the case before Weaver came in I, I just I, this is where I, I go back to saying Weaver and her methods are just I think there are so many great things about her but the her communication skills and kind of her managing methods just I just can't get on board with mm. it's just not no, a way to inspire somebody is it no we were just saying because uh, Susan mentions that she's only getting yeah as you say headaches and stomach bugs and all the rest of it or what she and calls the boring cases doesn't mm. she? boring yeah. cases yeah which comes up later yeah. another chance for Weaver to really to sort of stick the knife in but um but you know, Weaver says to her, "Well, I know you've got a lot going on personally, so I'm kind of maybe I'm giving you some of the easier cases." Which, if she'd turned that around and said to Susan, "I know you're having a tough time personally. Do you want to give, cut you a bit of slack and maybe give you some easy cases, or how do you feel about that?" If she'd done yeah. that way around, she'd have been a really successful manager. Yes, yeah. And a good leader. If she'd done the other way around. She's patronising and belittling and condescending I, and undermining. I'm going to be exactly. really guilty for a second of. Um, kind of given out about Susan for a moment but when Weaver says this to her and she's like yeah I have been giving you the easier cases Susan straight away is up on her high horse she could have just gone I mean shoulda woulda coulda but she could have just gone okay thank you but no I'm fully capable of you know but now I understand your reasoning yeah yeah and I see that point I think Susan had got past that just because of the way she'd obviously yeah. been dealt with earlier. But yeah, I know what you mean. Then that could have been maybe a, you should could have said, I appreciate that you've thought that way about it. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Because yeah. um, Susan does, she has to go and deal with this man who's got a bad stomach. And we kind of find out why from the minute she walks in, he's just oh. eating and eating. And uh, throughout <laughs> the whole episode, he does not stop eating. He even gets a delivery. <laughs> <laughs> takeaway comes in. It's it's one of those <laughs> and in the nineties. No, Ed, you go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say in the nineties they didn't have Deliveroo and Uber Eats, so they had a menu with them <laughs> and knew what to order and called this yeah. poor guy out who's wearing a ridiculous chicken costume oh my God. to get this. I know, poor well, fella. Probably was on um, less than a minimum wage. Like you're probably only getting paid in tips. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. yeah, three dollars an hour yeah. or something like that, and and he gets these jalapeno chicken things, which sound I kind of admire his just commitment to his gluttony, but at the same time, <laughs> oh god, that sounds so painful. Nice, but yes, absolutely. But again, <laughs> yeah. it's this spicy, it's high, you know, acid content, calorie, and yeah, acid. and he's, he's bloody it. now. So I think 
you know, I'm not actually. I, I, it, it is this, right? They are playing that for parody, and I think they needed it to be so silly and funny because of the breakdown. Excuse me, that happens a little bit later on because it should be a relatively straightforward. And even what happens, you know, it's thankfully it's an easy fix. Yes, it has to be a quick fix, but it's an easy fix, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's not. You know, it's not a sick kid. It's nothing like that. It's a relatively, I say relatively, but it's a relatively low stakes case. Stop eating, mate. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's played a little bit for comedy. And you kind of feel bad for the guy because you're kind of like, man, I hope you're wearing a suit because those writers made you eat a lot of food. You poor, poor man. Yeah. <laughs> like. I actually did a bit of a look at when I was looking at different actors and just seeing if he was anybody, and he actually did die of a heart attack. Yeah, I saw he died, yeah. Sorry um, to bring that up. But, um... <laughs> it's all right. Oh, all yeah, right. moving on. <laughs> yeah, let, let's move on. So where should we go next? Uh, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, he doesn't die in the episode. Yay. No, he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> we keep him. Uh, well, I mean, Carter and Harper, Carter and Harper, as I call them, Carper, oh, nice. um, are... Uh, they are um we we find out that they've been dating but i just from the conversation you know she kind of says he's like are we on for tonight and she, they talk about how last night they'd been hanging out in you know a mosh pit and you just think i can't imagine carter in a mosh oh pit <laughs> like that, that image. Like a dandelion. oh my god uh, <laughs> <laughs> this big gangly yeah. goofy guy in the middle clumsy of the mosh pit. Well, i, <laughs> I would die in a mosh pit, all right? And also, you would see me because I'd be the person probably wearing, I don't know, some sort of Pokemon t-shirt or something because, like, I am the <laughs> last person that you would expect to be in that situation. Well, maybe the second last because Carter's the last person who should yeah, be there. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm close gonna, to you. I've been yeah. sucked up by a mosh pit previously at, diff- at a gig and, and been terrified for my life and I've had them form behind me and it really... Sp- as, I don't really like moshing, and I get people like it, but it's so frustrating because they want to do it right at the front, but I want to be at the front to see the band. So there, so then you, what happens is you get stuck, and people go, well, you shouldn't be at the front if you don't want moshers. But it's like, but I, I want to be able to see the band. Like, you guys aren't even looking at them. You're just going around. This is a Wiggles concert. I wasn't around. expecting a mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> you know me well. Um, that's... <laughs> That is my little mosh pit rant, but um, no, no, yeah. I, I've, I've been in a mosh pit when I went to saw the hives a long, long time ago, mm. and I'm not the tallest of chaps, and I got elbowed in the throat at least twice. Oh no! And I'd twisted, I know, I'd twisted my ankle a couple of, um, about two weeks before, and it was still a little bit tender, and I just kept going over on my ankle, and I was like, Ooh. this is just too much, and I, I saw another friend at the back. Uh, the back well out of the mosh pit I was like I'm going to go and sip a vodka and coke with my friend Mark bye he's horrible don't get that Kylie no you're at a mosh pit at Kylie no they don't get mosh pits at Kylie it's like you know what kind of mosh pit was going on during spinning around um I mean (laughs) she'd have a brief collaboration with Manic Street Preachers there's almost a uh, connection there. Not that I'm a Kylie <laughs> expert. I was just like, but I know. what an amazing image is going through my head right now. <laughs> I was going to view crowd surfing in like gold shorts. Um, <laughs> Still got them. Still got them. A, a bunch of drag queens just allowed, like, taking you. <laughs> 
Oh, there should Whoa. be mosh pits at Kylie. That would be cool. We'll tweet her. We'll see. Oh. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Uh, again, it, it, it's good, weird good that they, segue, that... guys. Good segue. <laughs> it's weird that these guys are matched because he's very much like let's let's do something different where we sit and we mm. eat. But you could just imagine yeah, yeah. she's her kind of dates are just a lot rougher than that in life. I imagine. Um, so I personally have to wonder: is there is are they well matched? You know, uh, I put it out to our Instagram followers who overwhelmingly said no. Um, that's how they mm. feel mm. about mm-hmm. Carper. I think where it stands right now, the I I get why they're being paired together is because they're the two young hotties, really. Like that. Yeah. So you have to at least go. Well, yes, we addressed this. They're both the young hotties, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. And I'm actually and I'm glad that this relatively early on into their uh, I suppose relationship. You can see straight away, it's like, oh, Carter, mate, you are way too vanilla for this girl. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I know. Um, but but the know. real love I, of his I, life, I, the real love of his life yeah. is uh, uh, hiding behind door number one. <laughs> I know, this is just a brilliant so moment. Cool. Oh, it's dear. so brilliant. Carol saying to him, Carter, you know, you've all, you, why have you ordered this hand x-ray for this little patient they don't, yeah. and he's just like I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> and then he goes through door number one and he's there but his favourite Peter Benton. <sighs> Benton oh the love of his life and he's obviously <laughs> got Carter to kind of go you know get his x-ray get x-ray his hand and then get the results so they can figure out how to treat it and then he has to give he has to give him a an injection which is also fun um, watching yeah. Carter kind of having to watching Benton in Carter's hands yeah. you know we, this is this is something that does come up a few times but um, and maybe even vice versa who knows I'm not going to spoil anything but it's always good to kind of see them play these shades of these yes. characters yeah yeah because they are a good team you just don't get to see it very often you know mm. yeah it's true um, but uh, this <laughs> I love uh, Carter's facial reactions are just like kudos and all wily when he says hey I'll have to give uh, the injection he goes really? me? <laughs> it's like, yeah you can do it <laughs> yeah and then because obviously uh, Benton is hand is now paralysed uh, they have to go you know a case comes in they have to both go and treat it and Benton shocks everybody in the ER in that trauma room where he says well he needs to be debrided while well, Carter's here. Carter will do it. And everybody's like, yeah, it is literally record scratch. Right. Like, what <laughs> have you just said? Um, but obviously Carter does have to do it because Benton can't. So Carter, yeah. Carter actually does quite well out of these. Uh, this In this episode, he does really well out of Benton being out of action. He does. It's, it's a massive boon to, to Carter and Benton's a real dick about it he yeah, really is absolutely. he's just you could see him swallowing the pride he's like it's okay carter right. can do this um but yeah the, the best thing that happened to carter this episode was that man picking that parking spot uh, oh, yeah. I, I love that so there's that moment with the records and benton says it's okay carter can do this and the camera just turns to weaver and i could nearly see the <laughs> roll in her head just going legal 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 <laughs> It's okay, Carter can do this. And he kind of turns to Carter and he's he's saying it as much to himself as he is to Carter. 
you can do this. Yeah, <laughs> you can. And yeah. kind of Benton's disdain for for Carter, or, or that, or just the way that Carter is usurped him in this episode is so uh, I think is very symbolic in the scene where they go for lunch and Hicks actually sits down with Carter now we've seen we've discussed and seen before you know Carter's on a very separate table and Benton's very ignores him but this time Hicks sits down with Carter talks to him and then says to Benton who is standing there looking horrified you know are you not going to join us and he just looks like like I don't know, he'd prefer somebody to come and pull off his toenails with a I think tweezer. He'd rather sit down with Al um, because than sit down with that at that table. <laughs> yeah. Good show. Yeah. 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 Um, and this is where we learn that you know Hicks says to Carter, "You're going to be helping with the gastroplasty." Now this is the thing. This is the procedure that we know Benton A hasn't done, and B was late for but this is the one he was coming in for and then we get that glorious scene of them actually in the surgery where Benton is just you know in the position that Carter normally is he's just watching and he's getting to he has to put that extra layer of you know Benton seeing Carter do something that he has never done and for anybody that would be tough but for Benton Mr. Like that's like hmm that's personal Yeah. It's just like, what do you mean you're one ahead of me? Remember the way Deb Chen used to be like, she used to keep her list of everything. Yeah. I got kind of vibes of her from that scene. And I just, again, I swear. Now, if Benton were to walk out of that room and your man was standing there with the prosthetic limbs again, he'd be going down the elevator shaft. (laughs) He would. He'd be choking all his prosthetic arms, wouldn't he? Absolutely. He'd need, need one. The thing is, Carter's back on it in this surgery because uh, Hicks quizzes him on uh, on some anatomy and he's just like straight in there, gets straight yeah. and he says, she goes, where did you read that? Oh, the latest edition of Stomachs Are Us or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> <laughs> I well done, publication. It. Do you have that subscription <laughs> as well, yeah? Gastro News, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, and oh God, Benton having to change the music oh, for Hicks. Oh, so Peter, menial. You're not sterile, you can change the music. I was like, no. <laughs> Because well, we've not actually know. When has not being that? sterile become a bad thing? Um. <laughs> and I think, and again, what is great about that that whole thing is it's a real role reversal. You know, the past few episodes, Carter's been the one late, or Carter's been the one who he didn't wake up on time, and he's been messing up. And this time, it's kind of the other way around, and he's he's really getting to enjoy being the golden child of surgery. And actually, it was one of the first times I was like, oh, he's good at surgery, actually, you know. Mm. I'm not always completely convinced with Carter and his choice for surgery, but in this episode, I was like, oh, look how good he is. Look Mm. at him go in that room. He's, and, now, Sharon, forgive me for my phrasing for this one, all right, but if you think of him on the the main lineup of doctors, right, and obviously I get he's a student still, where does he fit? You know, Susan and Mark are perfect in ER trauma situations. Yeah. Benton, as has been shown many times, very, very good in trauma, but he's a surgeon at heart. And Doug is the peds guy. Yeah. Where does Carter go? And at the moment, he doesn't no. really in any right. of them. Because he's, he he's not confident enough to run a trauma. He, he has done once or twice, but it's been like, ah, help. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in surgery... But, and that's the good thing about it. In surgery, he's always there with Morgan Stern or with Hicks or with Benton. You know, we haven't a season and a few in. He still hasn't really had his chance to go, oh, yeah, this guy's, this guy's a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and this was kind of the starting so I could see it I was like oh, okay this is this is I, I like seeing him in action and then later when he's talking to he's saying to Harper that they can't go out later because he has to look after the patient you know it just for me felt like everything he loves about it you know that that checking in on the patient but he's been given that responsibility by Hicks and it feels like a real step up for him yeah. and a real a real growth in this episode but also can I just they have their first kiss on screen um in the most romantic place uh, <laughs> oh gosh I wish I wish uh, <laughs> one day make everything homosexual um <laughs> And, yeah, so they have, you know, the most romantic place on earth, which is the suture room. Yeah, across Over. the head of his patient. Yeah. He was very awake, by the way. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's one thing if um, maybe the patient was out for the count. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just a simple it's, scalp plaque. Yeah. And then he goes, everything all right, doctor? Clearly having heard them. Yeah. It's like macking on face, each other. You know, smacking <laughs> on yeah, that's it. What? And the name of God is going on just over my face. What, what's that strange noise? What's wrong with my head? And yeah, are oh you God. going to invite me? <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do you think, guys? ER after hours. Well, sure, listen, I'm already here. Um, oh, but it, it, I just thought, like, what a what an odd moment for their first kiss. No. Um, yeah, yeah. And it is their first kiss, isn't it? Definitely first on screen, but I think it's actually yeah. their first kiss so. as well. I think it's their first, yeah. The way they behave, it's got to be, because they're not that, it's not a comfortable thing. It's a bit like, you know, she's she's kind of like, am I in your light? And it's all very playing up to it and getting to it, mm. which if they had before, I guess, probably wouldn't be like mm. that. Um, so yeah, Carter's got a girlfriend and I'm not happy. Um, oh, don't worry about that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so, it won't last. It's fine. It's all right. There's a there's a barrier in the way, and he wore a bat suit. Um, <laughs> but actually, speak, speaking of the bat suit, um, we have a, yeah. we have a scene where you know Susan. It's her 11 a.m. bitch about Weaver, and uh, she yeah. catches Doug during his 11 a.m. bitch about Weaver. And they stomp into the... It's the little rec room. It's not the like the yes. canteen. It's the little rec room. And yeah. initially, Doug gets off a great line. And she goes... Uh, Susan goes, where's Weaver? And he goes, I don't know. Follow the trail of partially digested residents. <laughs> yeah. go, oh, this this is funny. And then... Yeah. Mm. And then... Oh. It all goes yeah. wrong. Yeah. It starts out with quite a good impression, like ver- verbally, and that's fair enough, and all the rest of it. But then he picks up a crutch, I think, and starts doing the physical impersonation. Yeah. And then it strays into very much not okay. Yeah. Like straight away, bullying. it's like, no, Doug, 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 no. Um, and it's yeah. like, okay, all right, you're pissed off, you're fed up, you know, who hasn't given out about their boss at one point or another, okay. But. We know it's not okay, and then of course, there she is. Yeah, yeah, that's a brilliant kind of everybody laughing, and then you cut, and there she is, and the look on her face. She, to me, she just—I felt like I could see her as a young child being bullied mm. at school or at camp or something, coming in and hearing that stuff. That's just the look I got. Yeah. That's the feeling yeah. I got from that look, and she kind of just exits. And your heart yeah. breaks for her because no. nobody deserves that. And she's she's new to the role, so she's yeah. Try not to use the phrase finding her feet, but she's finding her feet in in the place. And yeah, she's ruffling feathers, but she wants to be there for a long time. But 
And she just yeah. walked in and realised that this thing that we know that will come in the future that she's very uh, conscious of is being ripped out of her just because she's put a few noses yeah. out of joint. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really feels uncomfortable and they know the way they acted it, the way they did it, they know straight away they were massively I think the, the way they've yeah. set up Weaver's character as well is that for the, the most part, everything she's done, we can agree or disagree of whether it was professional in the way she went about it, but it was all professional. It was about the job. It was about the hospital. Yeah, it was all legit, wasn't it? It was never... Yeah. personal and I'd say the closest it ever got to being personal was that yes Susan I put you on lighter cases because you appeared to be stressed um, and again whether right or wrong but that's where she was going from and she walks in and yeah. sees the most personal of uh, to, which makes it even worse because he, you know Doug is a scoundrel sometimes so you're like yeah. you went too far everybody knows you went too far but have you possibly crossed the line you will not be able to come back from? And that was my first... When I when I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, no, like, is an apology going to cut it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And because it's not just that... And it's like yeah, so uncomfortable. It was just, oh, it was so uncomfortable. Sorry. It was such a... And kudos to Laura Inns as well. Um, that's yeah. Yeah. Because whatever, again, whatever else about Weaver, she drives you up to the wall. My heart broke for her in that moment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's what was is again another masterful stroke from the writers of VR that they are able to kind of really create these complex characters that one minute you are seething about and the next minute you are heartbroken over, you know, as you are with people. You know, you don't fully hundred percent love one person for everything they do. They're, they we have facets and we all have mm-hmm. things that we like and don't like and and that's what I think for me keeps <clears throat> me coming back to this this show it, it, yeah. it's these complex real characters on screen um, and it, it reminds me of that kind of thing that Greta Thunberg says and I'm sure she other people have said it but she's been saying it recently is you know if they come for kind of how you look then you know they've already kind of lost the Excellent. argument they can't yeah. they can't come meet your ideas and then that's that, that's that kind of flashed into my head, you know, that idea that he, he he can't really say much about her, so he's gone for that instead. He's gone for the cheapest, easiest thing to pretend to do. Um, the, yeah, there's there's yeah. sort of a rule, isn't there, in 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 humour? Never punch mm. down. Yeah. And, yeah. And for me, it, it's something I know I used to do was was use their physical appearance when I was angry and say, "Oh, they look like this." And I thought, actually, the amount of times people have said things about me about my physical appearance have been the most devastating yeah mock me for my behavior or whatever but don't go for somebody's physical appearance it's just and that's what they did to to poor old Kerry Weaver and she's right to be devastated but do you know what after that she comes out she keeps she keeps going I don't think she holds it against do you know what I mean she doesn't use it to to rip them a new one she yeah. could go straight up to HR and have them really raked over the coals or even tell she them to green she just carries on she doesn't even tell Dr. Green. He doesn't even yeah, find yeah. out about it. She doesn't go and say, just so you know, this happened or I've been upset. Mm. Or she, You're right to be fair to her. You know, she takes it kind of on the chin and just carries on working. Um, and, and, and I guess looking at Doug in this episode, his frustrations, we know that he's, she, he finds that she's a micromanager and, and he has a confrontation with her because, as we said, Lucy Lou Mason is back with Che Che and he's got an ear infection. 
um, Doug puts her in a room, says, you know, I'm going to come look after you, but he's doing it kind of off the books or off the... I don't know why, because I'm not entirely mm. sure if she would be charged at the EI. I don't really understand that, but for whatever reason, he doesn't put her name on the on the board, and a new patient comes in, and, and somebody says, oh, you know, you can put her in that room, and he has this freak out, because he's like, no, yeah. no, you know, this is end-stage cancer child, he's got, uh, he can't, he's immunocompromised, and 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 she's not like, how dare you treat that person she's just like why do you haven't you written it down yeah, absolutely and that's fair enough isn't yeah. it because you like know. think of yeah. uh, obviously now a trauma doesn't come in but imagine you know <clears throat> okay multi-room trauma grant what's free great okay uh traumas one two three yeah. five yeah. And, and whatever they're all free oh actually no i've got somebody in there we'll get them yeah. out of there yeah. you know um yeah. and yeah like it's dog yeah. is it's one of those situations again where white knight dog is actually not really doing great here. I I think he because uh, I remember he gives her the uh, I think he calls it the come straight to Doug letter uh, to Lucy Lou and yeah um, yeah. yeah that's yeah. why I think it's to do with a little bit of undermining. Um, is it Doctor Feinstein, uh, head of Peds? Um, oh, uh, yes. Bernstein. Yeah. Sorry, Bernstein. Yeah. And it's a little yeah, bit Bernstein. of undermining him, but also it's. I just. I think I'll always assume money will be. Uh, I think as well because it was funny. He he prescribes her uh, or prescribes Chi Chi uh, augmentin, and I'm just like, ha! Huh, I've taken that. It's just basically a steroid, um, you know, to really? help you fight infection. Uh, okay. Sorry if I've usurped your. Um, let's do some drugs, but. Uh, I wasn't doing drugs today. Ooh, I was going to do well, being put down, but or cyanide. I thought about cyanide. But, yeah, I would not yeah. like to take cyanide. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not something that's high on my list to take. Yeah, let's not, let's not do cyanide. Not yet. Yeah, I don't want people getting ideas about poisoning their bosses uh, or uh, anybody else. <laughs> so I decided uh, to go with Venus cut down. I like that. That's no, all right. It's cool. And then where do we have? Because uh, so, um, rig forty seven keeps calling. Somebody better uh, pick up the radio. Oh yes. <laughs> And Carol just happens oh, to always be there. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Carol's just, like, always there. So, yeah, he rings the first time. She answers. He's just like, oh, I'm just calling in. And and Carol's like to Lydia, what, why? You know, why did he do that? They, they didn't need that. And she, Lydia's like, well, I think he just wanted to hear your voice, which, you know, pings mm. and Carol's kind of on some radar. And Carol of, like, oh, my gosh, you know, is this getting serious? Um, then he calls again. This time, all of a sudden, he's he's in gunfire and he, he's... Oh, he, we man. lose him completely, but he would just hear, "Oh my God, we're being shot at," and you don't hear anything else. And you, and for, for a few mm. scenes, you don't know what's going on. And you see Carol trying to call around different hospitals to see if the riggers come in anywhere, and then he appears in this quite like heroic way, the way he appears on the on the screen. It's just like, all right, dra- drama, yeah, um, yeah. and we know he's alive. But that then annoys Carol because obviously she's realised that she does have feelings for him, she does mm. care, and she's she's trying to reject that, isn't she, a bit? Um, so, you know, she has a scene where she's like, can you just, you guys need to leave, because she's very cold with him and says, can you leave? Get it. You, yeah. You know, you're taking up space. Oh, and then this poor patient's uncle arrives. Oh, uncle. yes. Yeah, yeah, inverted commas, um, yeah. And, like, initially, oh. I'm just like, oh, man, this guy cares. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. So she's got so a kilo he... of cocaine strapped to her. Yeah, yeah. And he's come in 
very distraught where is my niece I need to see my niece which at the beginning you're very understanding of mm. and then just as they kind of find the cocaine he enters looks around grabs the cocaine and does a run um, everybody's like oh gosh you might have a gun be careful Shep is like I don't care I, was this your fault very in that kind of vein of what Doug sometimes mm. does you know when he loses his mind for the right reason mm. and I thought gosh Carol's got a type here hasn't she she likes these kind of righteous <laughs> oh, good point people um and then she watches him like chase this guy down and cocaine's flying everywhere and they finally get him and he kind of looks to see if she's impressed by him but she's just walked off um she, her face just like she's like oh for god's sake she's yeah she's not impressed and it it no. does feel like he's doing it just entirely to get her yeah. Well, he's standing there with about ten grand worth sitting all over his uh, uniform. This, oh yeah. A, oh, hang on, Shep. Yeah. I'll wash that uniform for you. You will not. <laughs> I'll be hoovering that up in two ways. Excuse me. I need a new car. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that Raul. Like, it's not mentioned. It's not commented on. Raul just goes, "Don't sniff that. It'll mess you up." Yeah. Like, well, hello, Raul. Yeah, yeah. You seem to know an awful lot about this. <laughs> And I wonder if he was saying that because it's his drugs, and he's like, "Don't sniff it because I need that product oh, yeah. to sell." Yeah, this 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 is all just a meetup that went wrong. Chef. Yeah. Um, yeah. You really, we're not supposed to be in the rig today. You were supposed to be off shopping with Carol. Yeah, but she had got called into work, and so you had to you went to work. Yeah. Um, and then that all kind of culminates in a scene at the end, which again is very rom comic because the rain is falling down in this kind of really heavy rom-com way very dramatic and and Shep is on the phone and he's calling the ER and asking and Carol answers and he's like I think you were worried about me and 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 she starts smiling and he smiles so you see this connection is growing and and it is a bit more serious than a one-night stand but I still am not won over by Shep. I am totally with you on this one because he's he's walking a very fine line between arrogant and cocky and charming. Yeah, yeah. And I'm there's not Han finding Solo it charming. There's there's, you know, yeah. someone else that I can't think of the name, a typical character who goes too far. Do you know what I mean? There's the smarmy yeah. geezer, then there's, yeah, here's your Han Solo types, but no. Yeah. It's not working for me. It's not working no. for me. Sean? It's, there's nothing comfortable about it. You know what I mean? You're yeah, always yeah. just like, yeah, you know, like, one man's heroism is another man's cop on to yourself. <laughs> and I wonder if, if that's how they wrote him or if that is just he was seemed to be charming at the time and we changed or if it's just our three's personal preference that we don't like him but other people do. You know, if you like Shep, let, reach out, let us know. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like yeah. to hear some mm. four arguments on Shep, please. What's the feeling on Cheryl? No, that doesn't work. Kep, no. See, the relationship <laughs> See, with Mantoni doesn't, doesn't work. work. It does exactly. not work. Whereas Cook, uh, Daryl, you know, works quite well. Yeah. I like Daryl. Or Dathaway. Rathaway. Rathaway. Oh my. Rathaway. So things, they, they finally kind of come to a head quite soon after this when uh, Susan's patient, who likes a bite or two, um, so she comes in and she goes... You've got to stop, man. You've got to stop yeah, yeah. eating. Yeah. And she prescribes, I think it's, is it like 50 cc's of... Um, yeah, some kind of cocktail of different... It's, it's called a GI cocktail. So there's lidocaine yeah. and... Uh, it's, I don't think it's Delantin. It's something else. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's basically like 
milk and magnesia, isn't it? It's like just to settle his stomach for all, all the horrifically acidic crap he's shoveling down his throat. Yeah. But yeah, um, it goes yeah, wrong. So he's supposed to have 50 cc's. He does not have 50 cc's. He has 500. Yeah. Chugs because oh. someone left the bottle. Again, there's that, like, it's being played for laughs. It's like, you left a full bottle beside a guy who can't put down the fork. Yeah. And it's like, oh, really? Um... And actually, it, I mean, it sounds a bit bad. Susan does initially kind of drop the nurse in it a little bit. You gave little, him 500 yeah. or you left the bottle mm. here. I was like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't appreciative of that. I didn't like that. Mm. I thought, you guys got to stick together when these things happen. Um, you know, I should have been clearer. Sorry. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And, and um, again, we yeah. understandably, there's nothing written on his chart. Mm. Yeah. So again, you know, there's that. She can really dig in Susan here, and Susan. So while this is all happening, Susan's actually been interviewing a babysitter, and it's not oh, going to yeah. work out with this babysitter. Um, that's why she's kind of off the floor and not there when when this patient, uh, you know, goes into trouble. So when she kind of when she comes back, Weaver's very obviously very angry, and they kind of have have quite a standoff between her and and Weaver and and. And Green is like, you know, get out, both of you, we'll talk about this. He finally, as the adult, steps in and talks to them both and says, you know, to Susan, he says, I, I back Kerry, you know, whatever she says, you think I've said it. But then he says to Kerry, you know, if you, if, if we are impeding our residents from doing the best they can do, we that's not what we're like. And then later he even says to her again, he says... I expect you to make this better because she's Susan is very talented, and I expect you to be the one to make this better. Yeah. And and it's lovely for us to see. Uh, unfortunately, Susan doesn't see Green stand up for her that way. Yeah. In her head, she's just been shouted at the same way. And I love the way he says to Weaver as well. You know, because Weaver's saying, "Oh, well, she undermined me." He's like, well, "How do you think she felt when yes. you did the same to her?" And he doesn't even know about earlier in the in the first bit where you know the first trauma. You know, this, he's just talking about that, but he's actually he's actually spent the day. Um, kind of undermining her and just a little bit again on Susan um, and, and Weaver they have this moment again so, so you know Susan said about the boring cases she gets assigned um, a girl with a stomach ache who turns out to be pregnant and um, and then um, Weaver overhears this sees that the mom's trying to find out what's going on is causing a bit of a ruckus and then Weaver has this really patronising line where she's like see even the boring cases can become oh. interesting and I don't know how Susan didn't deck her then. I mean, that, I think, is the moment where Doug says, if you want us to do anything, if, you know, if you're ready for violence, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and um, you know, Susan and Doug bond a little bit. It, it, actually, the Susan-Doug thing, I, I mentioned it earlier, it's really lovely throughout this. You know, she does, she talks to him, she's telling him about Susie. He suggests a couple of people that might possibly want, you know, he doesn't understand when she talks about adoption that she means that she would adopt little Susie. So he's suggesting people that, could take the baby on and you know at this point Susan's like no I would never let anybody do that um and then and then there's this scene with with Green and Carol where uh Green's like have you seen Susan and Carol's like oh no she will have gone to pick up little Susie you know because Chloe's run off and Green's just like what I didn't I didn't know and I think it really hits him that he has not caught up with Susan for a really long time and their friendship is obviously suffering yep yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and then at the end, he he calls her, doesn't he? He does, and 
you know, obviously he gets the answering machine, and um, it's like, yeah, it's kind of sad, like that they're drifting, but they're both so busy with their own personal yeah. lives that it's who has the time to sit down and explain how busy they are. Um, yeah. And it's the kind of thing where what they need to do is go and have a coffee, you know, and just kind of go like, right, yeah. pagers off because it's 1995. Um, <laughs> you know, let's not have this chat anywhere near the hospital. What's going on with mm. you? Yeah. It's a total 180 from the time in season one when they were they'd snuck into the kitchen to make each other break yeah. you know, make each other eggs and stuff. Yeah. It's totally different because the the difference in their professional dynamic has affected their sadly brilliant relate. You remember that time in season one when they played that cast. trick on the put the cast on Carter. Do you mean it's just yeah. oh it's it is. it's, it's it sad is. to see their relationship change. Yeah, and again, I, I've said this before, but this is one of my favourite exploration of the like of, of a of a male female friendship. Um, that's ever been committed to film I, I really like it and so it's great when these moments happen but I always do feel a bit sad when they're, when they're on, on the outs with each other so I, I guess what happens is he's obviously leaving her a message and she, she's there and she hears the message and she's got little Susie with her and she's obviously patting her and she's thinking about her day and then after the message has finished she picks up the phone and she calls the people that Doug had recommended so we start seeing that maybe she's now thinking about putting little Susie up for adoption which is so sad because you can see how heartbroken she is about that and as I said at the beginning you know what life for her there is a moment where she does say you know what life am I giving Susie I do wonder Mm. that um and there's a moment where she's dropped her off at the at the daycare and she steps outside and she looks in and then she just kind of looks down as if like oh gosh I'm just failing I am failing and and it probably doesn't help that when she meets that babysitter um, judgmental woman mom yeah. yeah, she's like, I would never put my child in daycare. I would never give my child that because of the salt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. Yeah, I just felt like that must also have played on her brain. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. that she's doing everything wrong. Um, and she like, I mean, I, I, I am not a parent myself, so I, I, but I know enough to say, nobody gets this right first time around because you don't have yeah. a playbook. And even people Gosh, can no. give you their own experience, sure. You know, listen, I do mm. this, I do this. I'm sure, you know, she is unfortunately not the first, unfortunately, fortunately, judgmental Sean, uh, not the first doctor to ever <laughs> be looking after a newborn. You know, she's doing what she yeah. can, but she's like straight away, so much has gone wrong in such a short amount of time. Um, but Susie's alive. I know that sounds really kind of like, that really shouldn't be the bar. But, you know, she's alive she's more or less happy she's pooping her pants every day you know what else do you want with a newborn really um but yeah, yeah susan is so run into the ground at this point and because i caught myself thinking during this scene like she rings uh, i think it's dr halloran i think you're looking to adopt and i was like uh chloe's been gone five minutes like i get that you're stressed but i but that's also like yeah she's super stressed she's not just tired like she's not sleeping so yeah she looks a bit broken doesn't she and then just one one last storyline i just want to look at is is so we a taxi pulls up with a comatose lady who has been dumped on a bench with a letter uh, with a sorry an envelope and a letter and some money so you know whoever's you know dumped her is 
has had to do this. This has come out of desperation. She's come from somewhere with love. They comment that fact her hair's been combed. And all day Dr Green's trying to find a place for her to be housed and none of the departments in the in the hospital are open at to kind of helping. And he ends up taking half and saying, right, we're going to, you know, this hospital's big, we're going to find a place for her. And they do this great thing where they just turn up at a floor, find a room, say to the, the kind of practice manager you know or whatever she is um yeah we'll take it this is great this is a lovely view and all that mm. um th you know she's this poor abandoned woman who who can't do a lot and and then there's this really heartbreaking moment where at the end of the day harper goes in and her husband's turned up and he is standing there and he's just like i'm so sorry i left you i just mm. couldn't look after you i couldn't lift you anymore and he talks a bit about their life together and how he was always able to do things um for her but he can't and you just see how it's breaking him up and, and it kind of looks at care and when care is left to people who can't can't cope what happens it, it was it's yeah. that for me it was just such a heartbreaking yeah. heartbreaking scene but I really thought it was well done mm. you'd have to have a heart of stone not to 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 get a bit misty eyed when the old when the, the husband's talking to her and saying I, I can't cope I can't look after her. and and I tried to I thought the best place but the best place for her then but I couldn't I missed her too much and I was like oh it was yeah. an emotional gut punch what so well done and that little old fella just really yeah tugged at my heartstrings speaking of the little old feather fella I've got some everyone's been in ER yeah, there's some cracking ones in this yeah. one, actually. So the little old fella is called Phil Leeds. Um, he was quite a big character actor. He's been in everything um, wow. from from kind of the monkeys to Three's Company, Everybody Loves Raymond, Ghost and Frank and Johnny, things like that. But for me, I see his face every Christmas because he was in a film called All I Want for Christmas, which I watch every year. Oh, lovely. And he plays a salesman at a pet shop. Um, so um, the pregnant lady... Um, Amy Thompson, the pregnant teenager, she's played by a lady called Shea Star, who was quite big when I was younger. So she was in things like yeah. Third Rock from the Sun, Boy Meets World, Quantum Leap. I particularly had to point her axe when I was young. I was obsessed with the surname A Star. Mm -hmm. I thought oh, Sharon A Star. Um, <laughs> you I also <laughs> no. uh, and also I picked up the Dominican Uncle, which is that is what IMDb calls him, and he was yeah. played by Carlos Carrasco. What I recognised him from was Speed. Um, he's one of the passengers in Speed. Gigantor. Yes, yeah. Um, but he's, I know. he's uh, again. <laughs> he's or gargantua or something. Other Something or like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what Keanu calls him. Yeah. Um, he's also uh, done lots of things like Star Trek, lots of different Star Treks, which you guys might be happy about. Always. Um, and that's what I had. Uh, there's also the the ward nurse when uh, Mark and Harper take. Uh, take the dear old uh, lady upstairs. Yeah, is played by an actor called Patricia Belcher, Ooh, and if you've Belcher. watched Bones, yeah, yeah, good night. She's in Bones a hell of a lot as an attorney in New Orleans who then later becomes like a regular because they just liked her so much. She's been in Will and Grace and American Dad. She's done voices there. I'm just trying to find the other one. Um, she's in Jeepers Creepers as the Ooh. psychic. Yeah, as the the psychic woman says, "Oh, when you hear that song, it means the monster's coming," which makes no sense. But um, <laughs> very little about she's that. She's been in loads of sense. stuff, actually. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, it's it, hmm, yeah, but yeah, she's been in absolutely tons of stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, but she's in it for like literally five minutes, but she's done more latterly. Right. But yeah, no, I I really like her. Cool. But yeah, Malcolm in the Middle as well. Oh, good. 
good. Yeah. And uh, apparently, the the woman who played her um, Shea Stara's character's mum, Phyllis Lyons, was in Bridges of Madison County and Donnie Darko. Oh, cool. Yeah, but very um, different. <laughs> she looks really different in her IMD sh- IMDb shot. I I wonder if they've got it wrong, but I don't know. Who am I to question the mighty database? That well, yes, you're you're we, we, for which we rely on <laughs> rather a lot of our uh, knowledge. So <laughs> that and I am uh, that and Wikipedia for me. Mm, that my memory starts it, and then yeah, yes, yeah, it exactly. always kind of starts with my brain going. That person looks familiar. Look at them. Yeah, it definitely did for Shea Star because it was just third rock from the sun. I just it was August. I knew it exactly straight away. Yeah, August. She played yeah. the girlfriend of somebody else I love, but let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> Your many obsessions. One of my another obsession, uh, but when we do our next podcast about third rock from the sun, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, and we're calling it. Thanks for listening. If And if you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe and leave reviews. You can also find us on social media at YouSetTheTonePod on Instagram and You underscore Pod on Twitter. And remember, you set the tone.